This is a Baby Brunch podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control, and that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you. Welcome to our first podcast for 2021. Now, we've had a few suggestions from you as to what our first podcast of the year should be. And then most of you wanted support on heading back to school in a pandemic. An entire generation has seen its education interrupted. In fact, at the time when we were recording this podcast, the COVID numbers in South Africa have just started to rise again. In this podcast, you will find practical information on sending your little one back to school in a pandemic. My name is Ilana and on the other side is Joan Tyndale. Joan, it is really an honor for me to welcome you to our Baby Brunch podcast. When our children graduate from school and you get to send them off, what makes you the proudest? What makes me the proudest? First of all, thanks for having me because this is completely my passion and I love talking about it. And what makes me the proudest is watching not only children, but parents be empowered to face the next stage of their life. And I think that's the biggest thing, to believe in themselves, to have confidence, and for the parents as well, because it's a huge step moving on. And if I can empower parents and children to take that step, then I've done my job. When they see you on the school ground, who do they think you are? They think I'm a lot of things. Mostly they know I'm fun. And I'm a safe <laughs> place for them to go to. And um, I'm the kind of place where when your parents are really not getting it, they can come and tell me all about it and I get it. Well, Joan, I think you do get it because now I'm going to tell you who I think you are. So a specialist in early childhood development. Uh, she's interested and passionate about young children and their potential. I know that you are at Green Park. What a phenomenal school. Uh, they are also passionate about education. I know that you love seeing people involved. I know that you love seeing people feel like we are supported and that we are helped. And that is why when it comes to parenting and teaching and personality types and skills and languages and love languages and appreciation in our workplace, I think you are the ideal person to talk to. So I'm so happy. Please welcome Joan Tyndale. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. And if I can even help one family, that will mean that I have done what I'm here to do. I found the number of my primary school teacher and I thought, yeah, I'm just going to call her up and ask if she wants to talk to me. So I found Miss Cynthia Klutzer. I asked her a few things. I asked her, uh, what are the things she thinks in this day and age, if we're going to send our children to school, what is important? And then I did kind of ask her what she thought of me as a kid and if she thinks I'm incredible. Hi, Nana. I'm well. Thanks so, so much. I'll see you the same from you. I am. I'm so good. (laughs) I'm well. You always do good. You know what? You you were my teacher at a time where we didn't even know the first names of our teachers. Remember when when teachers were still greeted only by their surnames and now things have changed so much. But that's not why I'm calling you. I'm calling you to ask. 
Do you have any advice for moms who are taking their children to school for the first time in the new year? Yes, definitely. You know, I've been involved with children from grade one up to grade seven. It is very, very important to prepare them for school. Prepare them in advance. It gives them confidence. Teach them early to write their names. Oh, wow. Play with them and teach them colors, shapes, numbers. They can write their names because when they come to school and they cannot write their names, but the rest of the task and they're going to cry. They're going to feel inferior. Mm. They're going to feel insecure. So prepare them. The other thing is discipline. Discipline starts early at home. The child is disciplined. It is going to learn so much mm. better at school. The teacher won't have a problem with that child. It's going to be a happy child. And uh, also, Independence and mistress themselves. Carry their own bags. Mothers are so, you know, they want to carry the children's bags to class and let them do it themselves. Teach them independence. If they didn't get enough sleep, you can do with a child what you want to. You won't have his attention. They're going to be sleepy throughout the day. And the, the other thing also that I, um, and I think most schools do it these days. They let the children come to school a day in advance. And they get acquainted to the classroom, the teacher, the rest of the class, just for that one day. And meet the teachers, you know, and put them at ease. And um, they learn to, to like the new environment. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a great change from home to school. It's really a different environment. At home, they protect they It's only them in this small little uh, environment, you know, at home with mom, dad, granny. And they get all the attention. And now they've got to share that with, with the other children. So we need to prepare them for them. Talk to them before they come to school. Also, when they when they come to school for the first day, parents must ask them about what was the day like, what is your teacher like, what are the, your peers, the friends in your class, did you enjoy it? You, you will actually make them excited for school. And they, they, then they would want to be there. They would learn to love school. So, Ms. Kitter, what, what was I like at school? Seeing that I have you now and it's many years later. <laughs> you you, you, you <laughs> You taught me in the 80s. So now, what, what was I like in the 80s? And was I a good student? You know, if I see you on your programs on TV, and then I picture you in my class. <laughs> that friendliness, that smile that you always had. The, oh, you were just that bubbly. Was I clever, teacher? Was I? Yeah, you were. You were. Yes. You actually, and I entered you for the uh, Max Olympiad. Oh, so, I remember. Not all children can even do that. Oh. You were brilliant. Brilliant. Any teacher's dream to add in the class. So, Joan, okay, enough about me. Do, do you think our children will re- remember coronavirus and germs and sanitizers? 
I think they will remember it, but but I don't think it will be any more um, monumental than other things they remember. Um, I think, sadly, what they may remember is the fear of it. Because for me, that's been the biggest thing. I, I think the biggest sadness about this whole thing is that parents have communicated the fear of it to their children. And I think they may well remember, you know, in future when something fearful happens, they may think, oh, I remember that feeling. I think that was when, when we had to wear masks and things at school. But I don't, think, I don't think it would be any more significant than other things they would remember. Do we, do we say that we're scared of fear? I mean, do, is it important to feel that feeling and just go, okay, so it's going to be part of life, you know, this feeling of fear? And I ask that because we've had a lot of conversations on our Baby Brunch podcast around feelings and how to recognize it and how to not run away from it completely, you know. So perhaps if mommy and daddy is fearful or scared of something, you know, how do we communicate it to our kids? Is it something that we even mention? And is this part of getting our children ready for school? I do think that it's important to acknowledge feelings and and fears, but I think it's it's important for them also to see that we are not overwhelmed by them. And and these mm-hmm. days, I think we're just so lucky to to be parenting in an age when there's so much professional help available. You know, when I was young and growing up, people like didn't want to hear the word therapist or or help or you know, and now. There's so many professional people that can really give us that guidance. And in my school, for instance, we have uh, an online, we have an on-site psychologist and a play therapist, and they help us formulate ways of talking to children about feelings and dealing with those feelings and letting children talk about how they feel when adults' feelings are puzzling to them. And um, so I think it's very, very important to talk about them, but also to understand that um, we need to be able to 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 show that we're in charge and in control and not just in charge as much as in control and and that those feelings may feel overwhelming but we are there to help them make a plan not to be overwhelmed there's so much information around us and i remember in in lockdown you know we all started looking to online to also see if there's anything that we can supplement to to help and to aid our children uh, I had a I had an interesting webinar the other day where we learned about online learning. Where they said it's not homeschooling, it's not it's just extra, you mm. know. So yes. your, your kid is doing well at school, and so now there's there's online learning as well. Yeah. How do we know our children are ready? How do you know that your child is ready for for pre primary or preschool or even grade one? I mean, grade one. You, you know what you you yeah. need gu- you need the guidance. I think you need the guidance. You need to, and I think things like your your podcasts are absolutely fabulous. Your parenting input. Thank you. You know, Jill. we are not. Um, we we it's one thing that we do in life that we have no training for. So it doesn't matter if you're a CEO of the biggest company. You probably have no idea about parenting. And I feel very, very, very strongly about enabling parents. And we run our own parenting course, especially written for the parents at Green Park for children from three to seven, because we don't, they don't come with a handbook. And, um, and I think things like your podcast are so fabulous to enable parents to know this is what I need to look for. So I think, you know, they're ready for uh, when you choose your school, it needs to feel like a good fit for you. They need to be your tribe. You know, if they they don't believe in what you believe in, if they don't know much about child's development and that, don't choose them. And I think you just need to find that school that's a fit. And once you've found that school that's a fit, embrace it. 
and and go with them and be guided by them. If they say your child is definitely not ready and we can help you make your child ready, listen to them. You know, they are the professionals and they and in years to come, you will so um, appreciate that you've taken their advice because that naught to seven is absolutely the time to get children ready for life. If they're ready when they go to primary school, they, they are ready to face life. And I believe it with all my heart that all the things they need are laid down in those early years. So choose somewhere really good for early years. You know, do your research. Find out um, iPads are not good for one-year-olds. You know, there was a school in the, in the last couple of years that offered um, free entrance to, pay, uh, to waive the entrance fee and every one-year-old would get an iPad. That's a terrible idea. That would not be a good school to choose. Mm. So do your homework and find out there's so much good stuff around. Um, find out what's good for your child and, and choose the kind of school that will um, promote your, you know, your morals, your ideas, your beliefs, your, where do you want your child to go? Does the school embrace your child? Does the school give your child opportunity to think for themselves and become independent and believe in themselves and love their ideas? And, and then go with that school, because if you're not completely sewed into your school, I promise you, your children know. They are like amazing. They are born with this second sense of knowing what, what their parents feel. So you can put on that smile and say, I love your teacher. And isn't your school phenomenal? But if you don't, I promise you, they'll know it. And they don't thrive and they don't do their best then. There's so many questions I have around that because it's also, I mean, what if you've enrolled your child in a school? And when I school, I mean school, I mean it very lightly. I'm talking about uh, a pre-primary and um, they, they, you know, they're getting all the tools now and they're getting ready for grade RR and, and grade R eventually. And you realize the school is not what you thought it is. I mean, is this a good time to change schools? Um, is it a good time to to teach the school what you would, how you'd like your child to be treated? Is this is this the right time? You know, Ilana, what I what I would like to share that I think I learned as a mom many years ago is um, to never be afraid of approaching a school. You know, um, for me, a school. Uh, the principals adore and the teacher's doors always need to be open. So if, if somebody approaches me and says, I don't think this is a good idea, I'd, I, um, why do you do what you do? I need to be able to justify it. So if you as a parent come to me and say, um, why do you do A, B, and C? Because that doesn't really resound well with me. I need to be able to say to you, I'm doing A, B, and C for a reason. And, and to give you good feedback and help you understand why we do things. And if that doesn't fit with you, you need to be able to say to me, you know, I don't think that's good for my child. And together we need to be to sit down and, and formulate something that does work for your child. If not, if, if the school won't, isn't prepared to do that, then I don't believe it's, then I would go so far as to say I would change schools for a school that didn't, that didn't have that kind of discussion with me. Whatever we do, um, it's something that I that my my staff always have to answer me on. Whatever we do, we we want to know why we do it. Whatever we put out, whatever we do with the children, the way we treat them, the, the what we teach them, it's we call it the why behind the what. Why are we doing what we do? So why are we doing it the way we do it? Why are we why are we giving them the input we give them? Why are we dealing with the parents like we do? 
And I think that's very important to for your school to be able to tell you the why behind the what. Not just that they're following some curriculum that they've bought into, but have they really thought through why they're doing what they're doing? And I mean to sound petty now, but being being in, in, in education for so long and being a principal for nearly 20 years of a school of littlies, when when is a letter to the teacher and when is it a, a meeting for the principal? So in our setting, I always say to the parents, I'm always, always available. If you have an issue with the teacher, I would like you to approach the teacher. And if you don't have any success with that, please come to me. And I will always, um, if, if the parents come to me, I will speak immediately to the teacher. And then if we do need to have a meeting, I will have a meeting with the parents and the teacher together. And I, and I think it's always, you, you know, Lana, I think, I think you always need to be able to speak out. Don't think, oh, they'll think I'm that parent. You know, you are the mom and you are the dad and that is your child. And they're so precious. Rather err on the side of, of, um, speaking out than worrying about it and always, always speak to the school rather than speaking to your friends. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's another whole topic. But it's so much, but it's so much nicer to, to focus. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. We've only gotten started. Um, I was going to talk about the actual germ, but I think there's a lot of information around um, coronavirus and 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 what to do. You know, we 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 learned a lot in 2020. What what is the rule now? I mean, mask, screen, mask, no mask, mask and screen. Um, <laughs> so and uh, the, what what is best for my child? The Department <laughs> of Social Development did say that under six. Masks are not essential. So at our school, for instance, they may come with a mask, but they give it to their parent as the parent leaves. And we don't, unless you're six years old, you don't wear a mask. Um, The teachers wear masks and they will pull their mask down to teach because they are socially distanced from the children, even if they're in a a ring or they're having a story or that the teacher will be suitably far away. And um, there is no way anybody at all can keep children under uh, at pre-primary socially distance. It's just completely impossible. And what we have found has really, really worked for us is as they come in in the morning, they go straight to the bathroom, their staff waiting for them and welcoming them, and they wash their hands. That two-minute hand washing is like magic. It has meant mm. so many children, so fewer children have been ill this winter from anything. We haven't had any COVID-related Illnesses happen at school. We've been open full time since July. And that hand washing, they've become such whizzes at hand washing. They, they, that is our sanitizing for them. So the whole school is sanitized. They hand wash often during the morning. They've got regular hand washing times. We've got hand washing stations in the garden. And it's become just a habit for them. They, they can't wait to do it. And I think going forward, hand washing is going to be an enormous, um, it's going to be a permanent fixture. In our school, definitely, and I think in many preschools, because it definitely keeps germs at bay. It's interesting that we had to relearn to wash hands, right? Well, it's like, hilarious. It took a whole, <laughs> yeah, it took a whole pandemic to, to teach us to just wash so hands. I've got a whole school now singing "Happy Birthday, Dear COVID," because two minutes of "Happy Birthday" <laughs> sung twice, and so there they are in the bathroom yes. singing "Happy Birthday, Dear COVID" and lathering their little hands. It's actually so sweet. 
So if you don't know the reference, what Joan's talking about is if you sing happy birthday twice, that's the amount of time you need in order to wash hands. Well, talking about germs and hand wash, you might not remember this, but last year in 2020, the Global Youth Choir brought out a song about hand washing. And this is how it went. in a new year and we are packing lunch boxes and we've had a notice that talks about how we need to pack a healthy lunch but how important is packing a lunch in a pandemic what do we need to teach our children around we're a little bit unsure okay i would say that um the golden rule for covid and little people is no sharing and that's a hard rule because, you know, they share automatically or not if it's something they don't want to do. <laughs> but, you know, they, I mean, in real life, they lick one another's noses, never mind eat one another's yeah. lunch. So it is, um, it is just at school, we are very mindful of that, where the children used to help us with serving lunch, for instance. They don't anymore. Every um, The teacher does all the serving. She sanitized. The children have sanitized beforehand. The surfaces they eat off are sanitized. And um, and they very quickly have got to know that their own water bottle is there is theirs for filling and washing and drinking from, and their lunch is their lunch. There's no sharing anymore of lunch, and it has just become a way of life. It's not a big issue, and and if your things are wrapped, I mean, you've got your own lunch box. It's been it, you know home is sanitized. Your little locker where you keep it is sanitized. Your hands are sanitized. What you know where would the germs be coming from? So without making them fearful, we just have a new routine and they love new routines. So this is the new routine for, for eating and, and just to enforce, not to make them fearful, but just to say, remember, this is your lunch and each mommy packs their own child's lunch and it's for you to eat because some children might not eat the same as you and your mm. water bottle is, and, and hopefully I would check with the school that that is reinforced at school. So most schools have got a, a letter that gives guidance, and I'm specifically talking about our parents who's going to be sending a child to school for the first time since March last year. Yes. And I'm saying this because some of our children have been to school, so they they understand the new system. But then others, they didn't go back to school for the rest of the year, and now for, they're going to have to relearn certain things, and some of their friends know about this and some of their friends don't. But some of the schools do have a guideline. So, I mean, this is something that you can ask. What is there to teach baby or child at school before they go? Is it is it the kind of sit down, you know, when you go on holiday and mom goes, okay, now no one swims without me. And on the playground, you know, is it is it that kind of sit down or should we just relax a little? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's, uh, I think they learn much better when we're more relaxed about it. And I would take every opportunity like at home. When you, when you are eating or preparing a meal or that, to, to just throw it in there and say, you know, we're all eating in this, we, we all live together here and that's fine. But, you know, when you go to school, it's going to be a little bit different and you probably won't be sharing food. And so talk about it often. Talk about it when you're driving. Talk about it when you're playing. Talk, you know, play it out. Say, I wonder what it'll be like at school for lunch. Um, I bet you won't be able to share lunch anymore. So in a much more, I don't think it's a sit down and uh, I don't think it's a rules thing. I think it's much more, mm. you're, you're teaching them a new way of life. You know, when we are fearful, we, we resort to rules. Like, you know, we've, we've got to have rules in place because boundaries make us feel safe. And it makes children feel safe as well. But the way we enforce those boundaries, we, we need them to know that 
that they are safe. And we are just teaching them new and fun ways to do things that will become their new routine. What do we do about play dates and the new year? I'll tell you what happened to us. So we went for a play date and the mommy and, and the children met us outside their house and we went to the park and my little girl wanted to know, but why can't I play with her dollies? You know, why couldn't we go inside the house? And I said, it's because it's coronavirus. Now, at my house, we've only had uh, two friends over and they don't come together and they were allowed to come inside the house and play dollies. So moms and dads have got different rules. Yes. What from a from a from an expert point of view? I mean, you've seen the children play. You also have a dolly corner at the school. Yeah. What do you do with children, and what is effective? You know, without us being, excuse me, to say anal about, <laughs> you know, what what is what is the real rule around this? You know, Lana, if you look at the virus and what we know about it, I think there's so much we do and don't know all over the world. But if if you have Somebody coming to your home whose whose hands are sanitized. They, they your home is sanitized. Your their their hands are sanitized. You, I would just. So what we do is we have um we we use a an alcohol free sanitizer that's a hundred percent effective, but it's not dangerous. And we 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 literally do a blanket sanitizer. So in our dolly corner, everything will have been sprayed with sanitizer. And if I've learned, right. I think I feel like I could open a, a cleaning company after this year because <laughs> <laughs> there's been, you know, in COVID, we, I mean, we really didn't know that much difference about cleaning, disinfecting, sanitizing, mm-hmm. and now, of course. But if they are coming to a sanitized environment and, and when they have finished playing, all you need to do is just, just spray those toys or wash those toys. I don't think it's dangerous. I really don't. Uh, I mean, that's what we do. We sanitize before school every day. We sanitize after school every week. We wash everything that's been used. And it really has worked. If those little hands are are clean and washed, they're not going to be bringing those germs unless they have Mm. COVID and they're sneezing and licking, which is unlikely if they're coming for a happy, healthy play date. So Mm. I think think for me, really, the general rule would be relax. Not be foolish. Not be foolish. Be, Be sensible about sanitizing and not having 10 friends over at a time and just I don't think it's any different in COVID. Before your child goes to play with anybody, you want to know what their home is like. Um, you know, you, you want to know, do they have dogs? Do they have guns? Do they have medicine? Do they have an unfenced pool? Are their toys clean and sanitized? That might just be the next thing mm-hmm. on the list. You know, instead of it being the big thing to fear, let's just make it another another learning and another something to add to the list of, of things we're going to do as parents. Mm-hmm. Most schools are requesting separate water bottles, and you referred to it earlier as well. And I remember, I mean, life gets busy, right? So at some stage, I thought to myself, which one do I now send? Because the one that I have, the lid, the lid that flips up leaks. Yes. The one that, that turns yes. is effective, but my three-year-old can't open that one, yes. you know? Yes. I mean... If I can ask you simple as something as simple as that, what do you send with? So, you know, Ilana, we, we for years have had a water bottle for each child because we think that when they play, it's very important that they stay hydrated and drink a lot of water. And we did supply bottles at one stage, and that was exactly the problem, that some kids could open them, some kids couldn't. So now I say to the parents, your homework is to find a water bottle that's A, your child likes and can manage on their own. 
So something that's easy open, easy close, easy to drink. So it's a, it's, it's a self-help water bottle. So they can always fill it themselves, have enough water. There's always an adult there to help them. But we're teaching them to be self-help. And so there are hundreds of water bottles on the market and they're on the side of, of buying a better one. And then maybe buy one you can leave at school. Our children leave their, their water bottle at school in their locker. So it's a special school water bottle and it stays there and it gets washed out and disinfected and refilled every morning and during the day if they've run out of water. So choose a bottle your child can manage. <laughs> I said, East, I, I, just, I just went back to your, your other question, and I'm thinking about sanitizing the toys afterwards. So the other day I, I washed my children's Lego. Yes. And... Yes. I posted a picture online and some of the mom <laughs> some of the moms said, Is this a thing? You know, oh, do you do you do you wash Le- Lego? And I said, Well, I don't know, but I made it a thing this week because I realized that in the Lego that I washed, I found a sock. <laughs> I found an eaten rusk. <laughs> I realized I realized that our bulldog had peed on the Lego that afternoon. <laughs> and God forbid my children played with it in the meantime. So I think, yeah, when if I could add something to your previous answer, other than the fact that we are living in this interesting time, you know, where our little ones wants to bring over a friend that wants to play with this Lego or the dolly, perhaps it's time that we wash the toys. <laughs> I love that. Can I give you a fabulous tip? Yes, please. Put your, put your, Lego, put your Lego in a pillow slip and wash it in the dishwasher. Mm. It's fantastic. Ah, it comes out like brand new. We do it all the time. Yeah, it's great. Okay. And and it's not. I, I won't tell you how I did mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of time and effort, and that's generally easier in a pillow clip. But the easiest. I'd like to share something with you if you think that's odd. I, I had a mom send a message to school the other day. We have we have a system whereby the uh, the parents agree to check their children in the mornings. They take their temperatures. They check they haven't had a whole list of things. And then we've got WhatsApp groups for each group of children and they send a thumbs up if they're coming and they send a thumbs up if they don't, uh, if they're not. And one of the moms sent a message at lunchtime saying, sorry, I didn't send a thumbs up this morning, but I have just found my cell phone in sock in the back of his dump truck. (laughs) (laughs) And we thought, well, there you see, that's what goes on at home. I love it. I love exactly. It. Yeah, no, we do need to watch toys. I think that's a, a great point you've raised, and that will be in my first newsletter of this year. That's, you know, make sure you, you do wash your toys. We wash them all the time. Back to our little ones and just their well-being. So we've covered a few things. We've covered anxiety and the fact that we can talk about certain feelings, um, heading back to school and the fact that we can ask questions to the school and um We've covered sanitizing and even sanitizing hands, you know, when there's a play date and and when the little ones want to visit. And then then this. So what I've asked a few of the moms is whether some of their children are also holding back. And it seems like there is a little bit of anxiety among some of them. So some are holding back a poo. They don't want to go to the bathroom. Um the the perhaps it's change in school, perhaps it's a change in routine. Have you found this in, in your school that some of the little ones don't want to go? You know, that's I've always found it all the years, but it's I d I don't think it's particularly COVID related. I think it's anxiety related, um, much more than like COVID anxiety. And um definitely um 
eating and eliminating are the two things children can hold their parents hostage to. Mm. And, and when they need a bit of extra attention and they're feeling anxious, uh, that is often, 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 you know, more, more, um, more wetting. So weeing, uh, more often having wee accidents. And definitely, I just want to say on the uh, holding back poo thing, always make sure that you check the medical side of things. Because very often with these little ones, if they've had a, a few hard poos, they might have a tiny fissure in their anus. And then they remember how sore it was when they poo and that little fissure opens. And that becomes like such a reason for them to hold back and not to poo. So if they are holding back, I would really suggest you just have your GP check them to make sure that it's all fine down there. And then play therapy is a wonderful thing for, for teaching children to poo. <laughs> it sounds crazy. But we have it on a regular, regular, regular basis. It is, we could do a whole podcast on, on uh, the poo patrol. It's interesting that you say, that you say play therapy. So uh, one of our, uh, our experts the other day, we had a meeting and she, she said, sometimes it's even valuable for us as parents to research the play therapy courses. And there's basic ones online. It doesn't have to be the extensive one that, um, that the experts do. And there's so many games and interesting things. I mean, I found some that talks about emotions and I found some the other day the children had to go to the dentist. Yes. So, yes. yes. Uh, my little <laughs> my little one still didn't open her mouth, but we had an incredible game of Barbie that went <laughs> to the dentist. I love that. And, oh, I love that. and you know, there, there's some fascinating, great um, information online uh, around play therapy. So, so I love how you refer to it, but we shouldn't be scared of these terminologies no, and, and, and terms. And in yeah. fact, our play therapist, I happen to know in the Christmas holidays, was doing a course called The Poo Detective. Um, I like that. Which is just, and um, I was going to say something along those lines. There's so many lovely you know, games to play just to allay children's things. And and I love what you're saying, research them and, and find them. And, and don't be, you know, ask for ideas, ask the school for ideas. We often find if a child is battling with something and the mom tells us, we can get alongside them. And, and they love stories the teachers tell about things that are affecting them. I mean, they would never know it would be a different character with a different name, but the, the whole thing would be the same. You know, it's so-and-so is really battling to make a poo. And, and then they're like, oh, wow. It's fine to be here. And so, so get the teacher on your side as well. If you're battling with something, get her on the side and say, can you have a few stories about this and can you help us? And it generally makes a huge difference. Is there anything, and I mean, I've spoken to two moms yesterday mm -hmm. who said, we don't think school is for our kids, you know, and, and we, we've had podcasts and conversations about homeschooling, about alternatives to sending our children to to school but what kind of reassurance you're you're in you're the principal of a school you know yeah. you you see many parents yeah. is there anything that you can reassure us with because I'm a working mom and at the moment mommy's also working and I'm gonna go and do a school run later and and fetch my little ones mm. what kind of reassurance is there from your side that you can give us as the principal of a school um to moms especially that's thinking oh is this for us you know Life is hard, and last year was challenging. You know, Lana, I think school uh, for me is has been the safest place I could have been um, for the last six for the last six months of of twenty twenty, at least. Um, I I don't think feel uh, you know as moms, you are not their teachers, 
And as dads, you're not their teachers. And as guardians, you're not their teachers. And you're not expected to be. And I, I think I just want to reassure parents that for all the, for all the schooling time lost, these children are never, never, never going to suffer academically. Academics you can pick up at any stage. But socially and emotionally, they are missing out when they are, you know, when everybody is miserable at home. And, and I just think that uh, school can be and should be such a wonderful all-round environment for physical, social, emotional, and intellectual growth that um, find a school that you feel comfortable going to and then love going. Support the school, get them to support you and, and you know, feel confident about your parenting and about your choices you're making for your children because at the time they are the best choice. In hindsight, it's always easy to look back and say, oh, I wonder if I should have done this or I wonder if I should have done that. But, you know, the, the river never turns and flows back. It just keeps going. And at the time, I think, I believe, as parents, we do choose what we feel is best. I think best is is a happy, safe environment where they can socialize and be emotionally and mentally and intellectually challenged. So I'm all for sending them to school, especially if it's a school where you know the protocol. Ask what the protocols are. Ask to see the protocols. We told the parents exactly what the protocol would be. We walked them through it. We held their hands through it. And find that school and, and then go for it. Because you know what? As a working mom, that's what you need. You know, we, we need to, to tell you it's okay. It's safe. You're going to be safe. We'll reassure you that we will love your kids like you would be loving them at home and keep them safe. Joan, as someone that is giving every child the passport to education by letting them through those gates <laughs> for 2021, <laughs> what's the one thing you can say? If you had to include one line in your speech to all the moms and dads sitting in the hall, in the virtual hall <laughs> of your school, what would it be? Stop being fearful. Ah. <laughs> Stop being fearful. Embrace life. Embrace your children. Love this age and stage of child childhood. You never get it again. And you look back and, and wish you could just have it. You know, just love the magic of it. Don't be fearful. Just go forward into life with your kids and, and enjoy every minute, honestly. Make, make it as the best it can ever be, really. And you know what? As, as a parent, you are doing that. You, you've been given your child because you know what's best for that child. And, and just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself as a parent. Believe in your ability to, to be that you are a great parent, not that you might be one day, that you are already a great parent. The fact that they're listening to your podcast means I'm a great parent. I love that last part. You see, we should have called you three years ago, Joan. Joan Sentale, our guest on our podcast for today. You can find out more about Green Park School at greenpark.co.za, also on Facebook there, Green Park. But I can't wait to chat to you another time because I want to know more about the parenting courses that you do. You should open it to everyone, you know. I know. And, I, know. Um, <laughs> I do know, I promise you. And, <laughs> and also about more about your passion for teaching. But this has been such a treat. Thank you for your time. This podcast is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control.
and that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. Fed Health. We let you be you.